Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now, from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. I heard a lot of smashing in the background. Do you know what that was, Caleb? All that smashing you heard in the background, do you know what that was? Wait, what smashing? That was when the suit found out he was not named the Sports Illustrated Sportsman of the Year. Oh, that's so rough. Oh man, that that stinks. I mean, how did you? How did you? I don't know. I give you credit. I thought you kept your poise during the whole thing, but I guess it was quite, uh, quite the scene back in the corner office. <sighs> Joining us is Doug Birdsong. Who understands firsthand why the suit wasn't picked? All right, uh, so <laughs> how are you, Steve? Doing great, Doug. I'm looking forward to seeing you on Saturday. Oh, uh, me too. Uh, uh, you know, last night they led at halftime, but the game shot better than fifty percent from the field. What did you see last night? from this team that showed the progress John is making with them? Well, one thing I think that just jumped out at me is when I was doing my pregame radio interview with him, Steve, he had said, you know, I think what we're going to do is make things a little bit easier for the guys. I'm not going to call out as many plays. I don't want them to be robots. That was a favorite term from Pat Flannery, all of fame coach, who, of course, is working with Penn State's NIL um, group right now, but he didn't want them to be robots, and I sensed for the majority of the game that's exactly how the Bison offense was running. It was more free-flowing, and I think the guys were able to see the basketball game come to them as opposed to, I have to be here, I have to set a screen, I have to go, dive down low, I have to flare. You know, that comes, but I think that that was the biggest difference between that game for sure and the game Saturday at Marist, which really was not a very pretty game. This was in person. I think this was the best game I have ever seen two teams play. You know, you mentioned Bucknell shot 50%, shot almost 40% from three. Princeton shot 60%, 44% from three, only had four turnovers. Bucknell only had 10. It was just great basketball, and Princeton's just a really good team. Yeah, so they're, they're undefeated. They're very good. Josh Basco has had to step in and fill Elvin Edmonds' shoes on a full-time basis. Uh, and this kid's hit 11 of his last 22 shots. And on top of that, he's hit five of his last 10 threes. What have you seen in the quick maturation of the junior out of Milton, Ontario? He really, I think, had this in him. You could see it in practice over the last couple of years, but he had been injured. He had a knee injury kind of coming in. It was more like tendonitis. Um, wasn't like he had knee injury you would think of as a knee injury, but more like tendonitis. But it really slowed him down his freshman year. 
Last year, he was dealing with shoulder issues. And so this is the first time, and he really dealt with shoulder issues over the summer, didn't really get to participate with the team on their trip to Italy late summer. But this is the first time he's been completely healthy, Steve. And I think that's what is the biggest change. Now, he is becoming more confident in his ability to score and and give Princeton a ton of credit. They double team and a lot of times you see that nowadays with the way offenses are run. You have a high screen, you go pick and roll. So you'll actually have two defenders right there at the top of the key with the two offensive players, the guard and the big man or whatever. Well, they did that. They double teamed Josh at the top of the key the whole first half. He had 14 points in the first half. He would split the double team. He would go in the lane with a teardrop, get a pass, um, maybe at another time come come back out, flare back out and shoot a three off the wing. But then they changed that philosophy in the second half because Coach Henderson is a great coach. Those guys are obviously smart that play basketball for Princeton. They didn't do that in the second half. And so, uh, unfortunately, Josh wasn't able to get any points in the second half. But um, I think his confidence is just soaring right now. And when Elvin Edmonds does come back in another week or two, I think playing them both at the same time, and Coach Griffin and I talked about that yesterday too, I think that's probably going to become more common. Why did Brady Muller start? Well, I think Coach, and I didn't even know it was going to happen until I got over to the arena. So when I did my interview with John, we talked a little bit before and after the interview, um, didn't even bring that up. He said there were going to be some changes. But when he said that, I was kind of thinking it more, implied more with, hey, we're going to make him more free-flowing. We're not going to call as many right. plays from the bench, et cetera. Um, I haven't actually asked him about that. And, and Brady didn't play as many minutes as Ian Bodo, who had been starting. But right. my guess is I think that Brady provided a, a possibility of more offense, even though Ian had 12 points against St. Bonaventure a couple of games ago. I think that's what he wanted to see. Now, whether they'll go back to starting Ian um, Saturday against Penn State, I'm not sure. Right. Um, but I think that, and again, I haven't spoken with him necessarily about that so I'm guessing that was why I don't know that for a certainty yeah he only ended up playing a dozen minutes in the game anyway uh, exactly Jack Forrest has been really tremendous I mean, he's over 15 points a game he knocked down blackjack last night he got 21 uh, he's already has a couple of 20 point games this year including last night to go with his you know give him four in his career what has made him a good player at both ends of the floor? Well, he also is healthy. He has been battling injuries yeah. since he first went to Columbia, really battled injuries his second year in particular at St. Joseph's, and then missed the first half of last year um, because of an injury to his Achilles. Um, more again, tendonitis, nothing like you would think of an Achilles injury. And so he is now getting back to almost 100%. I don't even think he's still 100% in terms of his health, but I think that's the biggest thing. The other thing is he is what John Griffin is talking about when he says don't be a robot. He knows the game of basketball. He knows how to exploit screens, how to go backdoor, how to get open on on the wings for three-pointers. He has a great shooting touch, as you'll see there on Saturday. Well, (laughs) depending on how the defense uh, plays him. Meanwhile, in that game against Marist, 
the Red Foxes did a great job throwing yeah. a bunch of different guys at him, held him to two points. Only time this year he's been under double figures and frustrated him into – he had some good looks, but I think frustrated him early enough in that first half that he then was kind of forcing some things up later mm-hmm. when he had more time to gather in, get his feet set, and take good shots and he missed. You know, he only hit one shot in that game Saturday. Yeah. Last night, until late in the game, and I think that was a big reason why Princeton was able to come back and win it, until late in the game, he was so dominant, and nobody could slow him down. And Princeton's a really good defensive team, mm-hmm. but I think what slowed him down was fatigue. And, and you know, that that's the, unfortunately, that's the individual that will beat everyone is fatigue. Yeah, that's always a problem. He was, what, one for 14 against Marist. Uh, so now, I, something I've talked to John about, and I know you've listened to the interviews. Um, there's a lot of, like, you read in between the lines, kind of a lot of negative stuff about the suit, but that's a different thing. Uh, <laughs> just kidding. All right. <laughs> just, it's code. Uh, but something I talked to about, John, when you're going game to game to game, this is going to be Bucknell's 10th game of the season coming up in a short period of time. It doesn't give you any chance to step back and practice because you're always going into, okay, let's talk about the game plan for the next game while abbreviating your corrections. And I think how much of a problem has that been for John? It's been a huge problem, and he has said it. And I think he may have mentioned it to you, too, Steve, here most recently. He said, I will never have so many games in the month of November. There is no other team in the country that has played more games in the month of November than Bucknell. There is another team that has played as many. Um, I just think, and and if it, you know, Bucknell's done it before, and they usually do front load the schedule because. Most schools don't take as many days off for finals exams as Bucknell, which takes 10 days, 11 days between games off. So they do have to play a bunch of games early because there are so many college basketball games on the schedule anymore. But I think that even that pushed it, even with a veteran team, but this team with a brand-new staff, a bunch of new faces or people in a lot of different positions, kind of like Coach Rhodes has with Penn State, you really, really need more practice time, and unfortunately this team just hasn't had it. But I think you did see, just with two days, day and a half almost, of practice and rest, a little bit more rest, not getting on a bus, not traveling, I think you saw the result in how Bucknell played against Princeton compared to a short turnaround having to go to Marist after being in only in New York Wednesday against St. Bonaventure and then getting on a bus Friday to go to uh, Marist in Poughkeepsie, New York. I think you saw how this team can progress with the ability that this coaching staff has to train, teach, um, show these players how to play. Yeah, and that's that's one of the keys right there. And then but then you got to go through finals, and yes, you practice, but there's a priority to it. I feel like there's a deck that's stacked against them. In the end, and you've seen this a lot, is this all this preparing this team for the Patriot, or is it maybe too much too soon? No, I think it, I think it definitely is preparing them for the league. And uh, unfortunately, the league, in terms of out of league competition, not very good. Now, you had a first hand look, of course, at Lehigh, 
which is picked to be one of the top three teams in the preseason poll. I think they're going to be good. Um, Colgate, obviously, is going to be good. But then you have a bunch of teams, and I think Bucknell can be in that mix, along with American and Loyola and just a handful of squads that can fight for a top four, top five, top six finish. But I think that that's the goal this team wants to do as good a job as possible in the non-league. Going to be a very, big, very tough task Saturday just because of Penn State, who it is, and, of course, the style Coach Rhodes use, uses against a team that's already mentally and physically fatigued in Bucknell. Then you have Radford at home after the finals. Radford's playing really well right now. Yeah. Have a couple of games that are winnable, St. Peter's, um, Merrimack, but not necessarily gimmies. And then you start the league schedule. So I think everything is definitely focused by Coach Griffin and his staff on getting this team playing its best in February. Yeah, and that, that'll be one of the keys. Uh, John seems like the, the, the perfect fit for this program. Just for me, from, I'm not going to say 30,000 feet, from 5,000 feet, it just seems like the perfect fit for what the Bucknell culture is. Plus, he's a talented coach. Uh, how am I reading it? You are reading it spot on. I, you know, his his enthusiasm, his passion is unbridled. I, I don't know that there could have been anyone else. And Dave Paulson probably was in the mix to come back mm-hmm. to Bucknell. What a great coach he is! Uh, yep. He is, and I think he'll do a great job at Holy Cross. Yep. But there is no one who would exhibit and would then translate that to the individuals on the team that passion about Bucknell, what Bucknell stands for, what it's all about, then this guy, John Griffin the the third, he is the epitome of what Bucknell basketball can be and and strives to be. He did it as a player. <laughs> I remember a game Bucknell played at Yale in the 0405 season and it wasn't a very good start that year to that team. And Bucknell wasn't playing very well at the half over up in uh, New Haven, Connecticut at Yale. He went in there and just, as a freshman, freshman, just ripped mm-hmm. into the guys. And yeah. there were no, there was only one senior on that year's team, but he just ripped into them. The team played much better in the second half, ended up winning in overtime. That was a huge game at that point of, sure. for that team. And Buckdale's team propelled, just propelled from there. I think that's the kind of intensity that John brings in his, his ability to teach players how to play and and to make moves that will then translate into a game type situation and and his staff as well i think it's going to be great as this career his career as a coach goes along what do you think about uh, this matchup with penn state and the fact they're only 50 miles apart and they get to play each other I love it, and I, I really hope that that will become. I mean, and it was early in my tenure here. It really was a year-in, year-out thing that Bucknell would go and play at the Bryce Jordan Center. Great place to play, you know. Great fans, and obviously great teams that Bucknell has played, and usually really good games as well. So hopefully that will happen. I think it will happen. I know Coach Davis when he was coach at Bucknell. He did not like to play games against his friends. Now, he did. He played against Coach Rhodes there at the VCU, but yeah. that was not easy for Coach Davis. He hated playing against his friends. And I know Coach Griffin and Coach Rhodes are very good friends. We mentioned, of course, about Coach Flannery, whose son Jesse is on Coach Griffin's staff. And But I hope that it happens because I think 
as Coach Rhodes continues to build his culture there, what he wants and expects from the Penn State players and brings in more and more of his own players to the style that he wants to coach those guys, I think it's just going to be – it would be a great fit. Hopefully that will happen. I, I don't know about future schedules. You may have a better idea about no. that than I do. But no, I yeah, don't. Hopefully. Yeah, that part I don't know. I'll say this. It was, I don't know, 2015 maybe? Penn State played at Soika. And it was a Black Friday game. I remember that part. And I, it was a – for me personally, it was a tremendous experience. Uh, to do that game, and I hope if they're going to do something long term, they can mix in a game or two there as well to get in that environment. That's just me. Oh well, I tell you, I, I I'm glad you said that, Steve. That would be outstanding. Remember, Penn State wore its throwback uniforms, the pink, yes. <laughs> and Buckner wore its uh, 1970s yeah. uniforms as well. So that was a great, great atmosphere, as you said, packed house ton of Penn State fans, obviously, a ton of Bucknell fans. I know another great experience was when Penn State's wrestling team made its yeah. way over to Soika, and that was yep. packed. And, you know, yes, we're only an hour, a little bit over an hour apart. Hopefully that will happen in the future. You know, But you and I aren't the people that schedule these things. No, we don't do those things. No, in fact, <laughs> if I remember that dual meet, Bo Nichols struggled but won. I mean, like he almost yeah. got, he almost, like, he's like, uh oh. <laughs> he had one of those uh oh moments <laughs> and then got out of the uh oh and then became Bo Nickel again. Exactly. Uh, right. it's, it's, I always tell people when I'm watching a game between two teams where one's the favorite and one's the underdog, and the underdog's winning and winning and winning, and then something happens and says, uh oh. X just remembered who they are, and Y just remembered who they are. (laughs) Whoops. Exactly. That happened. (laughs) Oh, darn. Ah, well, we decided that we're not going to do any suit stories today because the ratings went high enough. We don't want to peak on Thursday. So... (laughs) Because at that point, then we got people calling in. Oh, I remember this guy. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So we we want to leave the fans waiting, anticipating more. Uh, what was I? What the heck did I say when he went to some game and he walks? I, I made it up. <laughs> this is great, Doug. Who are we playing? Oh, jeez, yeah. no. <laughs> Wait, no, you didn't make that up. That was true. <laughs> I think it was the game he filled in for you. Great, Doug, I'll do it. Who are we playing? <laughs> oh, great. What's the date of that game again? <laughs> it's, it's tomorrow. <laughs> it's tomorrow. Yes, I asked you six weeks ago. <laughs> oh, I've been busy. We do. We we do give the suit a hard time, but you, you of course you and I are great friends with him, and we appreciate all he does, and, and it, it gives us a talking point. Well, none of it's false. <laughs> <laughs> True. <laughs> all right, Doug. I look forward to Saturday and seeing you, my good friend. And uh, what an awesome, awesome job you always do. Appreciate you very much. Uh, you are one of my biggest mentors, and I just appreciate you so much. And can't wait to see you and Dick there at the Bryce Jordan Center on Saturday. It's going to be a party. Angle and uh, and uh, the chief are going. Uh, mm-hmm. You'll be there. Um, 
The suit keeps looking for free tickets, even though I have them available. I told him I'm out. Uh, so, <laughs> has he ever paid Google to go to anything? <laughs> I don't think he ever has. Uh, I mean, maybe maybe if, if he has to go to a chutter contest, he has to pay for it. There's only one participant. <laughs> that's, what, that's what he likes so much about it. He figures he could win. No, he's always finished third. All right, so... <laughs> <laughs> I saw a poster one time and it's a sheep up on a rock sheep up on a rock right and it's it's staring at you in the side and and the poster says I'm so far behind I think I'm first <laughs> That's the. I think that's the life story of the suit. <laughs> and with that, we wrap it up. Doug, thanks so much. <laughs> See you Saturday, my friend. All right, Steve. Thanks so much. Here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now, from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, Routes 11 and 15 in Hummels Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Kia, Hyundai, best in new inventory, great pre-owned inventory with the Sunbury Motors guarantee that is so important to your buying experience, and a great service department that backs it all up every step of the way. It's Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors, Kia, Routes 11 at 15, Humble's Wharf Online, sunburymotors.com. Here's one for you. You want to really scream out "Happy Holidays"? Why don't you get yourself a new car? <laughs> That'd be great, huh? You know the old bow in the in the driveway. Yeah. So. All right. And Penn State Bucknell Saturday noon. Our broadcast begins at eleven thirty. Okay. Uh So, college football playoff, um, and we'll find out on Sunday. And Penn State should find out right in the neighborhood of maybe about 2.30. Uh, right around that range. That's what these things have become. Look... You could take care of this in such short order, you know, but they turn them into a show. And I realize that you're 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 paying a lot of money to the college football playoff. Okay. Uh, uh, and so you need to get it back through advertising, and you know. But to do show on four teams, and that's all you do, and finally get around to everybody else. Come, just shorten it up. Name who's going where. Just do it. 
So we'll see. Um, and then, and I really don't know. And people ask, you know, what do you think? I don't know. I, I mean, I know what I've read. And reading something and then, but... Now, this is going to be a contradiction to what I just said, but for the most part, I'm pretty patient about this stuff. I never really looked at the uh, the rankings or anything like that as the season was going. You know, not you know, just really didn't look at it. Okay. Um, now, at the end, yeah, I looked. I'm like, okay, let's see what's going on here. Let's just kind of find it because I really, you know, I'm pretty good about just like staying in the moment and, and doing whatever. Um. Same thing with this. I mean, have I looked? Yeah. I mean, I think the first time I looked at what were Penn State's bowl possibilities, I think was before the Rutgers game. Said, all right, well, let's see where they got Penn State potentially landing here. All right. And that that's the first time I looked. I know all of you think I'm too patient about this stuff. But I'm too busy concentrating on other things, getting ready for games, so forth, trying to stay ahead. And it takes a lot to stay ahead of the game. And so I'm trying to uh, to stay ahead of the game. So I spend a lot of time doing that, especially at this time of the year where I'm doubling up. I mean, exactly how much time do you think I have to look at potential bowl sites when you're doing a game in Orlando on Thanksgiving and you're getting to a plane and getting on a plane and then flying to Detroit and then doing a game in Detroit and then flying back the next morning? I mean, how much time do you think I had to... <laughs> okay. Hey, I think I'll look at bowl. I'll look at the bowl possibilities here. Oh, that's right. We're in the air right now, so it ain't going to happen. <laughs> I can't get any Internet up here. We're good. So I, you know, I didn't. I didn't really look until I didn't. I shouldn't say I didn't really look. I didn't look at all until before the Rutgers game. And I was like, okay, let's see where they they might end up here. Okay. Now at this point, it's just a question of um how it plays out this weekend. Then we'll find out. Now that goes counter to what I said. It's, you know, but my comments about the show. Okay, we finally get to the show. So we find out who the four teams are. I got it. And then to break it down for a little bit, I got it. But, you know, they should get around to start announcing the other teams exponentially faster than what they do now. It, it's I'm sorry, it's not a TV show. I know football and men's basketball is a TV show. I got it. Mike Rhodes and I were talking about this down in Orlando, and Mike says to me, he says, Steve, geez, why isn't this tournament three straight days? And I said, Mike, it's an ESPN events tournament. I said, which means it's a made-for-TV event. I said, so we play Thanksgiving, because ESPN wasn't carrying anything that day except college basketball. ESPN, right, Friday, right? I said, what do they have on Saturday? college football 
So they're not going to put this tournament up against college football because it defeats the purpose of the programming part of it. He said, that's why we get to play on Sunday. He's like, yeah, I get it. He said, because that's, I said, because football and basketball are TV shows. I mean, why did Penn State play on a Friday night in Detroit? Because it's a TV show. It is um, exactly... um, what NBC needed. It's part of their contract. They get a Black Friday game. Okay. Because that's the way it is. And I'll never forget Penn State Wrestling, which is the single best program of any sport in the country. It's the best. Gail's the best. The program's the best. They win. They're dominant. They graduate people. I mean, they're just tremendous. But, you know, first of all, you don't have a lot of dual meets. There really aren't. And um, and Penn State's on TV. I think last year Penn State was on TV five times total last year. And a few years ago, people were complaining that this program needs to be on TV. And I get it. I understand it. In this state, it's popular. And and there are a few states where it's popular. There's no getting around it. In a few states, it's popular beyond words. Iowa, unbelievable. I remember, I remember going out for a basketball game a couple of years ago in Iowa. <laughs> and we stayed in the same hotel as a group getting ready for boys and girls wrestling at the arena that is adjacent to the hotel. Not Carver Hawkeye, but they have another arena where the hockey team, the minor league hockey team plays uh, next to the hotel. Okay. And And the hotel was just overrun with people because of how popular the sport happens to be. But if I were to go someplace, if I were to go to Arizona, no way. Texas, no way. Anywhere in the South, no way. Right? It's really popular in certain states, Pennsylvania being one, where it's just the passion here is unbelievable. So... They finally put one on TV. And it was a Jordan Center matchup with Ohio State on a Friday night at 6 o'clock. Now, is that a great time to put it on? No, of course not. And I had a lot of people um, complaining to me. said, I can't believe they're having it at 6 o'clock. And I finally looked at them. I said, and I'm listening and listening. I finally said, well... I said, you wanted them on TV. Well, not like this. I said, now you understand the life I live. What? I said, now you understand the life I live. I said, I do games at 10.30 in the morning, 11 a.m., 
noon, 2, 2.15, 4 o'clock, 4.30, 6, 6.30, 8, or 7.30, because obviously the Michigan State game was 7.30, 8, 9 o'clock. I've done games as late as 10 at night, midnight, because of a tournament. I remember one time it tipped off at midnight. Midnight, I was doing a tournament. I said, we're a TV show. Everything Penn State does is for TV, in football and basketball. So I said, I completely get where you're coming from. Totally get where you're coming from. I said, I said, but at the same time, I said, this is an every week occurrence in football and men's basketball. Every week is like that. I said, take, just take a glance at, at the basketball schedule. I said, not at the dates. Look at the times. I said, and it's whatever time slot they fit into. And that's the nature of what, what this is. I mean, so now we go back to the bowl selection. The bowl selection is another TV show. So everybody has to wait because it's a TV show. Instead of just saying, okay, hey, here's the bowl lineup. We're all set. And take care of it in a half an hour. We're done. Can't sell a lot of commercials in a half an hour. But but that's that's the difference. And because, you know, every once in a while you do get on TV, so you do you sacrifice to do it? Yeah, you sacrifice to do it. There's no question about that. But these are all TV shows now. And that's because TV is putting so much money into it millions to when you add it all up, billions they have to have a way to get it back well, how do they get it back? well, they put on these longer shows that, in the end help them sell commercials and giggle. I mean, why is College Game Day three hours? College Game Day is three hours because they can sell three hours is the show better at three hours? No. In my opinion, it's not. I mean, the show is not better at three hours. And um, but they can sell three hours, so it's a three hour show. Um, I have I have scaled so far back on watching game day. I don't care if the kid makes a field goal. I don't care if Pat McAfee gets into into what's going on. He's yelling with the kid and so forth. I, you know, I when I got that because I did end up. Oh, I think uh, the, the the plane had a TV. So you know, each seat had a TV on the plane. So I was able to watch game day on Saturday while on the flight from Detroit back to Orlando. So I sat there, really, for the first time all season and watched it. 
I really it's an hour too long but they can sell it so I completely understand where they're coming from and why they do it they can sell it that's the name of the game uh, Kurt Signetti is going to leave James Madison. He's going to become the head coach at Indiana. As of right now, that's the last coaching move made. Duke is still open, as we know. We'll take a break. I'm back with more in a moment. Wrap it up here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. As we uh, hit the home stretch here on the show today, thanks to Greg Murphy for joining us on the show today. Doug Birdsong for joining us on the show today. King's on tomorrow. As we finally head into championship week. And uh, go from there. The um, waiting game will finally be over on the on the bowl part of it. Okay, that's you know, again that part that that doesn't bother me at all. I mean the wait, no, that doesn't bother me not in the least. Um, I just don't like how they go about doing it once you finally get to the day. It's like you know, every, you know, they already made the pick. We're done. Just announce it. But because it's a TV show, you have to wait. Okay. Um, And, uh, yeah. Wait, the... uh, it's it's it, interesting. There's a lot of college basketball right now. We talked about Bucknell Princeton last night. You know they're doing this in-season tournament, which is a gimmick. I mean, I know, I know Mike Breen likes it. Night, you know, you know the immense respect I have for Mike. Um, but I just don't see it's a gimmick. And I guess the teams that play in the championship game. Which I think is December 9th, I think. I think they get each player gets a five hundred thousand dollar bonus, and you want to know why? Because that ends up being the eighty third game of the year for the two teams, so they get extra money for playing in it. <sighs> hmm. Yeah. It's amazing. I was looking at a, an article about championship game picks, and all the picks were made with the spread in mind. This is where we are now. You know, seventy-five percent of the stat picks Liberty to beat New Mexico State to cover the spread. Uh, Washington, Oregon, seventy-five percent pick Oregon to win against the spread. It's all against the spread. Texas, 
Oklahoma State, 75% Texas against the spread. 75% Toledo from the staff against the spread. Boise State, UNLV, 75%. Georgia, Alabama, 75% say Georgia will cover. SMU, Tulane. I think that one ended up 50-50. Let's see. Michigan, Iowa. 50% of the pick Iowa to cover the spread? Really? Okay. Florida State, Louisville. 100% pick Florida State to cover. Okay. I mean, but these are the articles that are written these days. I never would have pictured these articles two years ago. Let alone five, you know, of course, 10, 20. No. Seattle and the Cowboys tonight. This should be pretty good for Thursday night football. Big Alan Kirk finally have a good one tonight. Oh, jeez. DJ Uyunglele of Oregon State has entered the transfer portal again. He just transferred to Oregon State last year. And, of course, Jonathan Smith just left to take the Michigan State job. So is DJ a candidate to suddenly play in the Big Ten? Maybe. Oh, man. I was brought up on two things above all in my family, and Kevin can speak to it. Work ethic and loyalty. You're listening to News Radio 1070 WKOK Sunbury. You can hear us anywhere in the world with the Sunbury Broadcasting Corporation app.